Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. As you know, our crew went out to Tulsa, Oklahoma for the 100th anniversary of the Greenwood Massacre in 1921. While they were there, they were able to catch up with multiple people who had stories to tell that aren't usually told. So part of our job here at Money Moves is to let you in on the moves made in our communities in our past, in our present, so that you can also make your money move today. Hey folks, Roland Martin here, host and managing editor of Roland Martin Navy Digital Show. You're watching Money Moves, powered by Greenwood. Going back to being a kid, like many young African Americans, uh, we all had uh, these small bank accounts where we were able to uh, deposit money. My grandmother had a catering business, and so I started working with that business when I was seven years old. So I was making money uh, when I was seven. Uh, my, grandma, my mom had a cake business, which was tied to it. My dad was executive chef. So had that opportunity, had that opportunity to actually do that. And so to be able to save money, be able to uh, have money to spend uh, was something that was critically important. But, but like most African-Americans, uh, we did not have uh, an intensive uh, focus on financial literacy. There's a great scene in the movie Hootlum where Lawrence Fishburne, who's playing Buffy Johnson, says, when you don't know, you don't know. 
and for African Americans, that has historically been our case. Uh, after the Civil War, when the Freedmen's Bank was created, uh, part of that institution was supposed to be about t teaching financial literacy uh, to uh, free slaves of African descent. Lincoln gets killed two months after that. Andrew Johnson becomes president and completely decimates, uh, decimates that. So part of the problem in black America is that we have black success followed by white backlash. And so we, we go forward, we go back, we go forward, we go back, we go forward, we go back. So we've never actually had a, a, a multi-generational continuum. Even if you look at what happened with the highest point of black home ownership uh, under President Bill Clinton, all of a sudden then you had the home foreclosure crisis that hit in 2007, 2008. We lost 53% of all black wealth. So again, you go from a high, now you've gone to a low. Now it's around 42%, so you're still trying to get back. We've never had black home ownership at a 60% level. And so again, it's a perfect example. You go in the 90s through, through 2000s, 12, 15, maybe about a 12, 15 year period, and all of a sudden hot, then it all of a sudden goes down. And so that has been our story. So what we actually need is we need a minimum of three consecutive generations of uninterrupted growth that will allow us to be able to grow financially. And that's why the financial literacy piece uh, is important. I, under, I knew about entrepreneurship, so it was always there. So it was always a, a present uh, in my life. And so I had multiple aunts and uncles who actually owned businesses. Uh, but again, like many African-Americans, when we grow up, we go to college, all of a sudden you're there. Uh, we are, we are in many ways, we're underfinanced. My brother, my sister, and myself, we were all at Texas A&M together. Uh, but like many African-Americans, underfinanced, didn't have the ability to have additional resources. Two parents never made more than $50,000 combined. And so you go to college, now you're dealing with debt. Now you're dealing with a credit card debt. Uh, when I graduated from college, uh, I was one of the top uh, journalism students in the country. I interviewed with the Birmingham News. 16 different editors, all these editors wanted to hire me, but Alabama had a law that allowed the HR department to deny you a job because of a credit report. So here's a perfect example. Again, we're told, get your education, should you go to college. I graduated in four years, okay? One of the top students multiple job offers. First job offer comes. The paper wants to hire me, but there's a state law that says credit score. And you're going, what the hell does the credit score have to do with me being able to be a reporter? And so you do all the right moves. And so this is, so, that was one, so it hit me and there were a lot of people who were shocked and stunned. Mind you, I'm the national student representative for the National Association of Black Journalists. I'm on the national board. I've worked at television station, radio station, newspaper, 150 clips, went to a communications madness school. So I literally, by the time I graduated, I had eight years in media. And so there's the credit report. So which is not something that, again, you've grown up and you're learning. And so there has to be a, a, a complete uh, reprogramming, if you will, of our community to understand how all of these different levers and systems and how different things are being pushed that keeps us in a weak economic state. So what then happens? You have this credit report. Oh, now you get your first job. Now all of a sudden, you're trying to get a car loan. High interest rate. Now you're actually paying more than what you should. And so that thing continues. Uh, I had to deal with, uh, had a job 
to uh, by uh, 2000. Um, I'm freelancing, no health insurance, appendix ruptures, the Democratic National Convention, five days in the hospital, uh, comes out, in, got nearly $100,000 in debt through the hospital bills. Six plus 60, 60 plus percent of the people who filed for, for bankruptcy did so because of health care costs. So went through, went through that. And so folks, folks will say, man, and this was very interesting. So I'm sitting in the room and I understand how white folks play a game that black folks play a game. And in the movie High Flying Bird, Bill Duke has a quote called, they invented a game on top of the game. So I'm sitting here in this bankruptcy and the black people are walking in like we were uh, scared slaves. I'm watching, and I'm watching body language. And black folks were, you know, you know, pensive, apprehensive. I would talk to people and they were like, man, you, 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 really, you really shouldn't file. I mean, bankruptcy, oh my God. And they were sitting here going on and on. So I was talking to a friend of mine who was a vice president of the newspaper where I worked. He said, hell, Roland, I filed bankruptcy. He said, six months after you file bankruptcy, you're going to have a ton of credit card applications in your box to help you restore your credit. He said, white folks sit here, file bankruptcy left and right. He said, don't impact them. He said, yeah, black folks, we will sit here and suffer through debt. And don't tell nobody. So I'm sitting with the bankruptcy attorney, and she says, the moment, because I got a foreclosure letter in my house, she said, the moment you file for bankruptcy, they can't call you, they can't write you. I said, no contact? <laughs> file that shit? I said, that's fine. Here's what's interesting. I'm sitting in, I'm sitting in, the, uh, in, in, the, in the room, and it's like about 75 people, and the black people, doc, you see the pressure like that's on them. The white folks, chilling, talking. So I'm talking to this white boy, and he's like, yeah, this is my third time. He started telling me all the shit they bought and all he was. I mean, he was just telling me the second house, the boat, the, uh, the, um, the, the jet skis and everything. And I'm sitting, I'm listening to him and I'm like. So y'all bought all this shit on credit. And then your ass conveniently gifted, gifted, gifted. And then you turn around and file bankruptcy. It was his third time. And I'm sitting there going, that's game. What I learned is white people created the system. Black people were so afraid of the system. And then what we didn't do is do what white people did. Black people, man, I'm not going through all that. Man, just file that easy form. You know these white folks writing all kind of stuff off. Black people like, man, I'm, I'm, I, 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 I'm, I can't afford to pay accountant. You do know that when you pay the accountant to do your taxes, that's also a write-off. See, again, we are sitting, sitting here. We sit in black conversations, and we talk about the shit white people do. We don't reverse it and go, well, if the, that law applies to them, I can use the exact same law to apply to me to do the same thing. That's what, that's, so, so again, it's, it's how we look at it. Black people, historic, we look at this as, man, it's a damn shame. I can't believe these things are happening. Versus, why are we doing that? So again, you take just basic taxes. We are scared to death of a five-page tax form. 
man, just do the easy form. Let me just get my refund. But hold up. What, so, huh, I got, a, I'm a, I got a job, but you mean I can create a side business and then certain things that I do for my business, those things can be write-offs? Yeah. Now, mind you, we have the side business, but we don't look at the side business as a business. We go, that's my hustle. So what are we doing? We're giving son or daughter, and my grandmother did it. She giving me and my brother 50 or $75 or $100 for, for working with the wedding. She didn't put us on the payroll. We could have been 1099 employees. And so when she gave us the 100, that was a tax write-off. But she was just, get, well, y'all helping out. And when I say help out, we literally decorated whole damn churches and reception halls. But again, we're sitting here, and again, how our wealth, you know, how our wealth goes. We're doling out two, three hundred to help you with your rent. Here's with school. No, white folks are saying, no, son, you're a 1099 employee. So I'm going to give you a stipend, route that through the company, you, and then... And so they're sitting, when they're handing out, they're getting tax write-offs. So again, when you aren't armed with information to understand how the game is going, so we're running around like, how the hell can these white folks afford all this? Because they have studied the game, because they created the game. And we're running around saying, man, I ain't playing the game. That's why you hire somebody who know when the rules change to then tell you, yo, the rules are changing, so what we did two years ago, we can't do in the next period because the IRS changed the rules. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. While I was working for others, I had my own. When I worked at the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, when I worked at the Austin American Statesman, we covered Hurricane Andrew in 1992, and they had a laptop. And I'm sitting there, so the, it was, it, so this is like 92. And so we had a bar laptop. The other reporters had no idea even how to use the damn thing. I was like, I'm learning how to use the damn laptop. So then when I go to Fort Worth Star-Telegram in 93, I was like, yo, I'm always on my own shit. I'm not sitting here because my whole, because I, I, it was a, they had a beeper, they had a pager. And I think I lost it and I had to, I had to reimburse it. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna have my own stuff. So when the Oklahoma City Federal Building blew up and I was one of the first reporters to go there in 93, I had my own cell phone. They shut off all cell phone communications uh, unless you were emergency. I was still able to get out because I was on a different cell plan. They had my own phone. So I bought my own phone, my own laptop, had my own stuff. Because I said, if I ever leave a job, I need to have my tools so if I had to freelance, I'm not stuck. So I always did that. Those are also all write-offs. And so then when I worked at the radio station, I bought my own gear, same thing. And so that was always the deal because my whole piece was, I'm, not, I don't want, I'm never gonna be in a position to where if anything happens with a job, now I'm stuck because I have no access to technology to then be able to go out and create more money. So I started buying my own gear. So when I was at TV One, same thing. We had the only show that was produced internally. TV One didn't even own their own cameras. They didn't even own us. So I was like, yo, we good. I bought my own stuff, but this is what I did. I was like, yo, if y'all gonna use my shit, we gotta co-own the content. See, now mind you, I got a show at TV One. They own the content. So I was like, okay, if y'all gonna use my stuff, cause y'all don't have stuff. Now y'all are more than happy to go out there and pay a production crew for that I mean, extra cost. When we had something short, something light, whatever, they were like, man, we're not trying to pay a film crew $1,500 to go shoot a, shoot a quick interview. Well, I did. And I was like, we call on the content. So my deal is I understood. If you don't co-own the content, I can now leverage that content when I'm gone. And that's what I do now. So a lot of the content that I use, the archive content, I shot over the years. So when I was at TV One, I started acquiring my own equipment. So when they ended the show in December 2017, I already had $100,000 worth of equipment. So when we sit here and when we flip the next month, I said, well, we're going to do our own State of the Black Union tied to, um, uh, tied to uh, uh, Trump's first speech. So this was, uh, this was, second, was in January 28, 2018. Yo, I went to a black church, Shallow Baptist Church. Yo, we want to do this event. I coordinated all the panelists and the speakers. I, had, I spent some extra money to buy some benches, some additional lighting, how to freelance crew. But the bottom line is all the gear I owned.
And so that was always my deal. And, and, and the genesis of that was I'm not going to be caught flat footed, having no equipment, no gear. Now I'm trying to sit here and freelance. What can I do? I ain't got nothing. Two words that I live by, freedom and flexibility. If you told me then, I, I, I came to the Fort Worth Telegram, I got a job, they offered me 20,000. I said, no, y'all gotta pay me at least $22,000. They were like, again, so let's go back, let's go back, let's go back, let me go back to that because you talk about how you understand your value. There was a guy's last name was Baker. He was the executive vice president for Knight Ritter. Knight Ritter was the second largest newspaper chain in the country behind Gannett at the time. And so I met him at Bill Baker. I met him at NABJ convention. Bill wanted to hire me. He was like, yo, this, this, kid is, this kid is hot. Hell, I knew that. I knew I was one of the top hires in the country. So Bill said, you know, I really think, I really think uh, you, should, you should work at our paper in Brayton in Florida. I was like, hmm. I said, what's the circulation of the paper in Brayton in Florida? Then he told me, I said, no, nah, I can't do that. That's too small. He was like, excuse me? I said, yeah, I'm sorry. That paper is too small. I said, my skill set is above that paper. Now, he's the executive vice president of Knight Ritter. I'm a, I'm a college senior. So he's like, hold up, wait a minute. He said, you're a skill? I said, yes. I said, the circulation size of that paper, I said, more than likely, is going to pay me a salary. Starting salary is probably going to be anywhere from fifteen dollars to $18,000. I said, my skill set is above that. I said, that's for the people who don't have my resume. Bill was like, I know he was thinking, I don't know who this arrogant black kid is. So when the Austin American Statesman called me, I go in, do the interview. They call me back, offer me a salary of $20,100. Uh, and then I said, no, you got to pay me at least $22,000. They're like, what? Okay, wow. Now, I understood my value. I knew TV station, radio station, newspaper, daily newspaper, black newspaper, 150 clips. I was far above other students at, the, at that level. I knew my number. So same thing. Part of the thing with money and our people is, do you know your value? Do you know your value down to the penny? So when somebody comes to you and they say, I'm going to offer you this and you, you get excited. No, 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 no. I know my value. Now, a lot of us, and, and this is the heart, and, and, and this happens with women all the time. And I counsel a lot of sisters because what happened, oh, you know, I'm not. No, 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 no. That, that, your number's higher than that. Because what people don't understand is if I accept an offer at a lower value than I know I'm worth, the problem is, it's going to take me a lot longer to catch up to my actual value. And so I've turned down opportunities saying, no, no, I, I, I'm sorry. Sirius XM Radio came to me. Dude, when I was, at, I was at CNN, TV One, Obama election, yo, I'm talking about I'm doing half a million dollars in speeches. I'm doing all these different things. They come to me, want to do a weekly radio show. And the white guy's like, he said, you know, I'm, he's, and he was sort of apprehensive even about but even the offer. So my agent's like, look, man, just go ahead and extend it. Dude, they wanted me to do a weekend show, two hours, two hours on a Saturday, two hours on a Sunday, $100 an hour. I was like, do y'all know I get paid $10,000 for a 30-minute speech? I'm not, I said, for a second of all, my ass don't work on weekends. Not for $100 an hour. 
And so again, it's understanding, it's understanding money and it's understanding value. And so then, now how did I do that? My mom and dad didn't go to college. My mom and dad weren't negotiating six figures to I told you, combined, they never made more than $50,000. But what I have is I have a huge library of media books. Ken Arletta has a book called Three Blind Mice, talking about the three networks. In those books, he's detailing the contract negotiations of Dan Rather and Peter Jennings and Walter Cronkite and those cats. I'm reading the books on the New York Times and the Bingham family in Kentucky, the Chandler family in Los Angeles. So I'm reading all these books, and in all these books, they talk about the contract negotiations of people in media. So I'm learning from, from these deals. David Letterman, Jay Leno, there was a movie called The Night Shift, The Late Shift, and that was a book on it. In that book, David Letterman's leaving NBC. So NBC says, y'all can't negotiate with anybody for 18 months. So David Letterman and Michael Obitz, who was, who was uh, his agent, they were sitting in there trying to figure out, damn, how we got to get around that? And Obitz goes, well, let's reverse the process. David, like, what you talking about? He says, the contract says we can't negotiate and solicit offers, but it doesn't say we can't be pitched. So all the people want to do business with David Letterman came in and they pitched Letterman. I read that and I was like, damn! And from that moment on, every contract that I had, I read, because up until the time I didn't have contracts, I read my entire contract line by line, and I looked at not what I couldn't do, but I looked at what it said I was doing, what my limitations were, and that gave me the opening. So when I was at CNN, I wasn't full time. And I, John Stewart had cracked on me wearing an ascot on the air. Then I fired back at him the next day. Then he came back another day and was like, Roland, you win this round. Well, CNN, was, it, was, it went viral. CNN was all hyped. And so what they didn't realize is a brother had already asked me the week before to launch a line of ties, ascots, and bow ties. So then we announced it. And so uh, David Borman was Washington bureau chief. We were standing uh, uh, in front of the studio and he goes, now you know. If you were full-time at CNN, you couldn't be doing these other things. And I said, I know. That's why I will never be full-time at CNN. <laughs> and, he, and, he, he, and, he's, and he sort of, he sort of like fell back because see, in their minds, this is CNN. This, you know, we're the worldwide, we were, you know, we were the worldwide news organization. Mm-mm, but you're trying to control my money. So that's why when I was there, I was sitting in the meeting with Scott Matthews. See, I ain't got a problem calling names. Scott Matthews was executive producer. I was filling in for Campbell Brown. He was sort of talking to me in a very paternalistic way and frankly was pissing me off. And I found out, I said, well, Scott, I said, let me help you out. I got five revenue streams. Y'all are number three. And the look on his face is like, and I know, he, I'm like, yeah, they are two higher than you. Because when I signed with CNN, I told my agent, we're gonna go get another deal that equals the value or exceeds this one. Then we got that deal. I said, we're gonna get us a third deal that equals or exceeds the value. So what I did was I fortified myself by having five deals, CNN, TV One, Tom Drew on a Morning Show. Then I had books, then I had speeches. Even when Tom Drew on a Morning Show came to me, they came, I ran his website. I was making 85,000, 2001, 2003. Tom fires me because he has signed a guaranteed contract with a woman who was the CEO who at the time didn't know what the hell she was doing. So he, then he fires me in 2003. 
Tavis leaves in 2008. Everybody's like, yo, y'all need to hire Roland. They're like, no, nah, we ain't hiring Roland. So they go through this whole on-air audition. It sucks. Tom has to come to me to personally ask me to join his show. Cool. So his son Oscar calls my agent. He was like, well, we pay contributors $120,000. <laughs> we don't take $120,000. Our minimum number is $250,000. What? Dad is not going to pay that. I guess we're not going to do it. So we were at a standstill for three weeks. I'm with the National Black NBA Conference. I moderate a panel. He's on the board. So when it was over, he, I go into a restaurant, Acadia, across from the hotel, Renaissance Hotel, and he walking with me. He's like, well, you know, you know your, your guy and our guy to standstill. I said, my guy not going to blink. I said, man, let me help you out. Now, mind you, I had a radio show at WVON in Chicago, morning show, making 50000 I was cool. I was happy. But y'all called me. So I said, it's real simple. Y'all called me. I didn't call y'all. Y'all got 24 hours to accept our offer or we done negotiating. I said, the number is 250. So then they were like, and again, this is where all of the education, all those books come in, which is why I need people to understand you can, you can, you can have, a, have a learning process that's beyond school. So he goes, well, okay, so, so when you're off, when you're off, are we paying you? I'm like, yes. I said, this, this, is, gonna, this is how it's going to work. Y'all going to pay me a fee every single month. And when I go on vacation, y'all going to pay me when I'm on vacation. You're going to have somebody feeling for me when I'm gone. I said, but, and I get paid, 20, I get 28 vacation days a year. I said, all my contracts are the same. Since what happened 24 hours later, they called back, they accepted the offer $250,000. So, so, and again, it's how you move for dollars. It's how you, how you maximize your value when you know your value, when you know you hot, this is why you gotta hit it. I'm gonna give you just two examples of, of who, one who was smart and one who wasn't. Franco Harris leads Pittsburgh Steelers the four Super Bowls, right? After the four Super Bowl, Franco asked the Steelers for a million dollars. He was, if I'm correct, about 300 yards short of breaking Jim Brown's all-time career rushing record. The Steelers were like, no, nah, we ain't paying you a million dollars. He's like, I, I, I led y'all four Super Bowls. Yeah, but you 32 years old, you older, nah, or maybe he was older, no, nah, we ain't doing that. Bruh, they cut his ass. He went to Seattle Seahawks. I think he played two or three games. Franco Harris never broke Jim Brown's rushing record. His ass never got the million dollars. Gary Coleman. Gary Coleman was the hottest thing on different strokes on NBC. It was a top five show. Gary Coleman was like, yo, y'all gotta pay, I think it was like 60,000 an episode. They were like, man, we're not paying your little ass $60,000 an episode. Gary Coleman said, cool, ain't gonna be on the show. NBC was like, fine, we gonna shoot the show without your little ass. Guess what happened? Top five show, that shit dropped to the 30s and the 40s. NBC lost, saw how much revenue they lost not having Gary Coleman. What happened? They gave Gary Coleman the money. When you know your value and when you can read the market and when you know you have options, then you can make the proper demands. Now, if you don't have options and your value is not high, then you a dumbass for demanding money, which is Franco Harris. So I've always understood when I was high, when I was hot, when I was medium, when I was low, and I negotiated accordingly, accordingly to my position in, in the marketplace, because the marketplace determines your value. See, the deal is you have to understand, first of all, what's your foundation? Who are you talking to? What is your core audience? I know my core audience is African-Americans. I knew that was on CNN. 
CNN would get the ratings and they would get the minute by minute ratings and they knew when I spiked. When they had the 2008 presidential debates, uh, I already had speeches locked. And so the first two debates I didn't attend because I had speeches. And CNN was like, so I think CBS won overall ratings for the first two. Dude, I was on a plane. I was on a plane. After the second debate, it was in Jacksonville. Now, I offered to go live from Jacksonville where I had a speech and turn my speech into a debate party. They didn't want to do that. I was like, all right, I'm going to get a $10,000 speech. Man, the worldwide CEO, Jim Walton, calls me. He's like, first of all, he left me a voicemail. Now, first of all, the worldwide CEO don't just call my cell phone. Normally, he called my agent. No, he called me. So he said, uh, he, this is the voicemail. Hey, buddy, Jim Walton here. Nothing major, give me a call. Now, come on, bro. The worldwide CEO calling your ass is major. So I called my agent. I said, I think we're going to cancel this next speech. I think I know why Jim called it. I called him. He said, hey, how you doing? He said, uh, I understand you have a speech uh, for the third debate. I said, I do. He said, uh, we need you on the set. How much is that speech? I told him, I said, this, I, think it was like, I think it was 10 or 12,005. He said, we'll pay for the speech. I need you to cancel that speech. I need you to be on the set. We need you on the set. That's when I knew value. So I was like, all right. So I go on the set. It's a true ass story. I go on the set. It's like 10 people. It's nine chairs. The fuck? I, I ain't got no goddamn chair. I was like, they were like, nah, you stand. I was like, hold up. The ain't. You, the anchor, Wolf standing, Kimber Brown standing. What the hell you mean I'm standing? I'm like, this is some bullshit. Then I go, I wonder who's gonna be the first black person to text or call my ass because I, I ain't got a chair. No lie, Spike Lee. What the fuck, the black man can't get a chair? <laughs> Debate night over. Debate night over. I, I go, what's up? They said, we wanted to make sure the audience knew you were in studio. They had me on par with the other anchors. We won that overall ratings. Understood value. So I understood my audience. So you, how you cultivate your audience, or you lock on your audience. Then when you lock in your audience, you gotta service your audience. You gotta sit here and talk to your audience and communicate with your audience. See, people think it's about big, no. You can have a dedicated audience that's smaller, but they believe in you. Then you have to understand the technology of what you're doing. We're sitting here right now. What, DLSR, Canon, or Nikon? Same here. Okay, here's the deal. If you can't afford that rig, you can't afford the, can't afford the uh, lavaliers, you can't afford the wireless microphones, you gotta then say, okay, how can I still do what I do starting off in order to be able to achieve what I want to achieve. I've had news people say, man, I ain't got nothing, I ain't got no equipment. I'm sitting there going, you do realize the phone in your hand is a video camera, has an editing software, and you can upload, you can compress video. And they look at me like crazy. I said, you haven't even read your manual. And so it's maximizing the tools, but it's also, and this is gonna be something that people really don't understand. How can I be content and ambitious?
Content means I'm using what I got. I don't feel sorry for myself, but I'm working hard, being ambitious to be able to build bigger. So I use what I got. So for us, when we launched my show, I can only afford the Canon XA25s. Now, folks were trying to tell me, yo, man, you got to get the DLSRs. And I was like, yeah, looks great. Problem is audio. You got to add too much other shit to the damn camera for audio. Plus, it's also not portable. It's not ENG. So I then said, okay, I need an ENG option. XA25 allows me to have two microphone inputs. Now I can see here I can be mobile. Boom mic has also has SDI. It gives me what I need. What's also more important, A and B slot, A on ABCHD, shoot on dual recording, B I can shoot MP4. I can pop that SD card out, pop it right into my, my phone, upload that file immediately to YouTube without actually having to do any encoding. So it's studying the equipment. How do you maximize it? It's also, you don't buy one piece of equipment as a sole use. You do multi-use equipment, okay? So it's understanding that. And so a lot of, so people don't spend that time, but this is the last thing, the most important thing. You cannot get focused on the hype of the business. You gotta focus on the business of the business. The problem with a lot of people in the media space, oh man, this looks great, this is wonderful. Man, look, it's popping. Can you sell that shit? Who's watching it? How many people are viewing it? So your ass just invested all that money into a cute ass video, ain't nobody seeing. And then I got people, oh yeah, but man, it's always like, but, but look at this here, so man, the C300, why am I gonna sit here and I ain't got the money? With the, the, the C300 and as a body costs $9,000, you throw the lenses on, it's gonna take up to 12 to 15,000, $20,000. I said, when 67% of people watching your videos are watching on a mobile device, they don't get, they don't, they, the person sitting at home don't know if that shit was shot with a C300, with a DLSR, with a Canon XF405, with a Canon XA25, all they see is the video. But your ass, you're trying to talk to your friends who are in media and impress them. Mm -mm, I don't talk to them. I focus on the customer. So the whole deal is, how do I keep my expenses low? How do I maximize my revenue? How do I, and then also, how do I maximize my gear? So I stress test all of my gear to the point that when I have maxed, I have gotten everything out of it, I say, now we gotta buy another level of gear because now we've increased our revenue and now going to the next level. And so when I, when, when I, got, when I got our Sprinter, same thing, people like, dude, what the hell? Well, here's the piece. We were traveling, we need to be mobile. How can we, we were looking at getting an SUV, not enough space, not enough gear. And so again, I'm sitting here going through it, but the accountant, business of business said, you can write off 100% of an equipment purchase, a vehicle purchase. He said, you're gonna get killed in taxes because how you're, you're a great 2020. So I'm sitting here going, I can write off 100% of the whole vehicle. So now I'm saying, maximize the vehicle. See, it's the business of the business. The there are too many of us who fall in love with the idea of CEO on our business card. But we haven't understood the business of the business. We're not understanding cost. We're not understanding how to put it together. When a book publisher called me for a meeting, I pitched throughout several ideas. They were like, no, 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 no. I said, hold up. I said, I'm gonna disrespect, y'all call me. I said, I don't need y'all to publish a book. At the time I had published three. 
I said, now, if y'all want to, I can take this hat off as a writer and put this hat on. And I said, so now I want to know, I said, what's the cost per copy of your book? I said, what's the paperweight of the cover? I said, glossy or matte? Hardcover or glossy or matte? I said, how about the, uh, say, I said, the pound of the, uh, I said, of the paper on the inside? I started going, I started hitting them with those. I said, I need y'all to know, I know how much it costs to print a book. I don't need your ass to print a book. The business of the business. If you don't understand the business of your business and you're only hyped with the production end of it looks great, I got candle, I got whatever, then you, you lose because you're caught up in how it looks, smells, sounds, it makes you feel good. But if it ain't generating you revenue, all you doing is simply uh, having uh, a situation where basically you got sell, basically you got masturbation, you just pleasing your damn self and you going broke. And that's the problem. It's a bunch of us have gone broke because we like the idea of entrepreneurship. And one, and one more, your ass gotta work. You gotta do the work. I will set that tripod up, set it up. When, I, when my guys tell me we can't, I'm like that's some bullshit because I did it last week. So when you know how your stuff works, you cannot be a chef with a catering company and your ass can't cook. You can't be a chef and you can't pack a truck. That's the most important thing also. You got to be able to do the work so when somebody tells you an employee trips, you say, I'm gonna show your ass how it is done. Now don't tell me again what can't be done. That's the biggest mistake a lot of entrepreneurs make as well. They don't wanna get gritty and grimy. Thank you so much for tuning in, Money Moves audience. If you want more or a recap of this episode, please go to thebankgreenwood.com and check out the Money Moves podcast blog. Money Moves is an iHeartRadio podcast powered by Greenwood, executive produced by Sunwise Media Inc. For more podcasts on iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.